Hallelujah. Now, when you're in Africa, you always say hallelujah, and you all say amen. <laughs> okay, that's the way things work. Uh, Ann leaned over to me and said, Brian, I don't know if we need to preach this morning. Praise God. Praise God for our wonderful time of worship. It's glorious to be with you today. I have to tell you that uh, Ann and I got back late Monday night, and there was this very generous person on the plane with us who shared with me their cold. <clears throat> so I'm apologizing ahead of time if I sniff, snort, cough, sneeze, or some other thing into the microphone. <clears throat> it's just reality that you're going to have to help me with, okay? So you can pray with me that God will give me grace this morning. I do have a word that I believe is from the Lord for us today. So I just want to invite you, this is our tradition here at Myrtle Grove, a great tradition in honor of the Word of God, and just going to invite you to stand with me as we read from Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26 through 38. I'm going to invite you to stand. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Father, we would ask by the presence of your Holy Spirit, who I know is here, to have your way in our hearts and lives, Lord, as we meditate for a few moments on your word this morning, O oh God. Take it and shine it clearly into our hearts that we would be a people, Lord God, who, who live according to the word of God, that are transformed by the word of God. Give us that grace through preaching this morning. Father, we ask it by faith, trusting in you, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Now, contrary to what some believe, you, you, know, you know many folks, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was born with a sin nature just like you are and just like I am. She struggled with sin like we all have and all do. We don't venerate Mary. We don't worship her in any sense, biblically. However, Mary was a blessed woman, a chosen woman from God to give birth to the very Son of God. And I believe she's a model for us in how we're to live this life as followers of Jesus Christ. It's so interesting when you put a service together. See, I, I prepared this. I sent Stacy and, and Dean, you know, sort of the outline of the passage. But they've weaved perfectly together 
in my view, because I know what's coming, you don't, okay, <laughs> how this all fits together. In the beginning was the Logos. The Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. Now, many of you know Logos means word of God, referring to Jesus Christ himself. In the first verse of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. Verse 3, God said, spoke the word of God, and creation took place. John 1 explains that and says, all things were created through the word of God. These two passages fit together, and they form for us, I believe, the beginning of our understanding of the place and the power of the word of God. So when you come to a passage like this in the scriptures, in Luke chapter 1, 26 and following, the word of God comes to Mary, delivered by the angel Gabriel, who is a messenger sent for the purpose of God by the Lord God himself. And he speaks a word of God to her. He greeted her, calls her highly favored, which caused Mary, the idea in Mary is like, wow, there's a sense of awe, there should be. What, is this, what does this mean? What, what, what is he saying about me? God was breaking into human history, actually in a more powerful way than he had ever done before. Now, now, from a Hebrew mind point of view, remember they have all the Hebrew scripture, the, the Old Testament scriptures we call them, to, to understand some of what's taking place here, and we'll talk about that more in a moment. But we see God meeting people all through the Old Testament scriptures in all kinds of ways, but all of those passages, they're pointing to what's happening now with Mary. It's an amazing thought. God who made all things is doing something greater right now. And Mary's response is marvelous in this passage. It's, again, it's a model for us. So I want us to look a little bit deeper at this passage as we look at this theme idea. As we believe and receive the word of God, there's a work of transformation that's done inside of us by the word of God. So we more fully experience and then reflect the goodness of God to the world around us. Now you have to have in your mind the right biblical picture because there's a young woman, very young, she's doing her household chores like she usually does and all of a sudden the angel Gabriel appears to her out of nowhere. Now she's alarmed by what takes place as you would be, okay, <laughs> you're doing your normal stuff, all of a sudden the angel Gabriel's in front of you. And she's alarmed by the greeting. I don't know if she senses something that God's doing or not. Do you know when God meets us by his word, it doesn't usually mean that everything's going to be smooth and easy from here on out. That's not what it means. We'll, we'll talk about that more in just a moment. But the angel tells Mary that she will conceive a child and to name him Jesus. The Lord is salvation, which reflects one of the songs that Dean chose this morning. That's what the name Jesus is means and you know in the bible name refers to character especially when there's a change of names in the bible and so the lord is salvation it has to do with the character the person that is going to be born from her and then gabriel tells her that the baby will be great he will be the son of the most high that's a way of sort of avoiding using the name god because it's so holy but he's going to be the very son of god as they just sang about just a moment ago and then he says that the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. Now, Mary knows what that means. He's her Messiah. Now, again, this is hard for us to fathom. 
Because her whole life, every night, probably, she's heard the stories about the Messiah to come. There's going to be a Messiah who's going to come. And they would talk about it all the time. And so her people who've waited hundreds of years for the Messiah to come, he's not only coming, but he's going to be born through her. <laughs> now, I don't know how a young woman, maybe 13 or 14, we don't know, wraps her thoughts around what she's just been told. Sounds like a dream. Sounds like a fairy tale. Sounds impossible, actually, except that the angel Gabriel just appeared, no doubt about that, just told her, spoke to her a word from God about what's going to take place. Now, Mary is betrothed. It's not officially married. But betrothal in the day was a very formal arrangement, and there would be a, 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 a certain amount of time between betrothal and when the final marriage took place as things were put in order, for that, the new couple, but it was a, a formal uh, engagement, we would call it maybe. Now, Mary understands what we call the birds and the bees. I mean, she, she gets it, all right? And she asks a question. Now, her question is not rebellious. It's not doubting, like, like earlier with Zachariah, when, when he was told his, his wife, Elizabeth, would have a child. She's, she's not that way, but she's trying to wrap her mind around the declaration that's just been given to her. How is it possible for this to take place since I've, literally it says, I've never been with a man. That's literally what it says. How's it possible? Well, all Gabriel tells her, he says, the power of the Most High, God Almighty, will overshadow, is the word used. Now, that word is used, for example, in the Mountain of Transfiguration, when Jesus is up there with, with you know, the, the, the Old Testament heroes that come back, and a cloud envelopes around them, is what the text says. That's this word, overshadow. But it doesn't explain anything. It's not like Mary says, oh, I got it, now I understand. Okay, that isn't it. Okay, <laughs> She's told just the very bare minimum, something she can't understand. Truthfully, I don't know that we understand it fully. We just know for sure that the Holy Son of God will be born to her, even while she's still a virgin. The only thing Mary is told, which has a little bit of something that she can cling to, is her kinswoman, Elizabeth, is in her sixth month. Now, she knew Elizabeth. She knew that she was barren, old age, hasn't had any children. It's impossible now. And a miracle child has been born to her named John the Baptist. And then the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. Now, the English, it's not wrong, but you, you, you don't catch the whole idea in that phrase because of the way it's phrased. In the text, in the original, it says, no word that God has spoken will not come to pass, is the idea. That's literally what it, what it says. And so I want you to think about Mary's predicament for a moment. Young woman, uh, we don't know exactly, maybe 13 or 14, we're guessing, but I think it's a pretty good guess, has a visitation from an angel. Now, if a friend of yours, who's a Christian, said, and an angel just visited me, what would your first response be? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this, all right? And, and so that's what she has to tell her parents and Joseph, who she's betrothed to. An angel visited me. Uh, okay, maybe. <laughs> okay. And then she has to tell them, and the power of God came upon me, and now I'm pregnant. No. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Nobody would believe that. There's no, no possible way that can happen. In fact, it's probably more than that, because 
When Mary says, an angel visited me, your first thought is, well, why would he visit you and not me? Or why not somebody else? I mean, I know you're from the line of David, right? But, I mean, you're not really studied. You haven't really done any great things in life. I mean, why would he, why would he talk to you and not somebody else? Why not one of the, you know, these rabbis that study all the time? Why wouldn't he talk to them? I mean, so those are the kind of thoughts that tend to go through our mind. And so she tells this what sounds like an outlandish tale about God making her pregnant with a Messiah. Now, now that, that again, you have to understand from an Old Testament point of view, that's blasphemy. That means you get stoned to death, let alone having a child out of wedlock, which could also result in the same thing. And so Mary's life just got very, very difficult. Very difficult. Now, I can't even imagine the conversation between Mary and Joseph. I, I, don't, I don't know how you do something like that. God gave her grace, I'm sure. But we know that she went off to the hill country to, to visit Elizabeth. Now, that's probably partly a, a safety thing, because in a small village, okay, Wilmington's a decent size. In a small village like Nazareth, you know your neighbor's business. You understand? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it would travel like this happens in Africa, we see it all the time. One, you say one thing to one person and all of a sudden the whole village knows it. Okay? The Mazungus, that's white people, are in town. The whole village knows it. Okay? Okay? That's the way it works. And so it would have been extremely difficult for Mary. Now, when God is at work in our lives, it does not necessarily mean that everything will go smoothly. That's an Americanism. It's not in my Bible. Do you hear me, my friends? That's an Americanism. So if God wants to do a great work in your life, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be peachy, oh good, smooth sailing from here. It doesn't mean that. Uh, several years ago, this is 2007, I was, I was praying one morning like I do every morning, and I was asking the Lord to show himself to me, and etc. And the Lord gave me a word. He gave me a word. Now, I don't know how this works with you, but with me, you know, the Lord speaks through the scriptures just to my heart often, but very, very, very rarely do I have something like this. The Lord said, again, it wasn't audible, but uh, those of you that know the Lord, you, you, you've, you've encountered things. The Lord said, your time at Trinity, that's where we were pastor at the time, is growing short. I listened. Any, anything else, Lord? Okay. <laughs> Nothing else. I went and told Ann, I have no idea what this means, but I'm pretty sure the Lord just said, our time at Trinity is growing short. The next two years were probably the hardest years of my adult life, I will tell you. Okay? That's often the way these things work, because God has purposes and plans. Now, the Lord called us from Trinity to one of Myrtle Grove's church plants, North Grove. It, it was Him. There's no doubt in our minds. We knew that it was the Lord, but it wasn't easy. We struggled. I struggled with many things. God took us through this difficulty for His own glorious purposes. You have to understand. God, God speaks to us. He leads us. He leads us through difficulty because he has greater things in store for us. My friends, he loves you. And so if you're going through difficulty in this season, it's okay. The Lord's still with you. In fact, you may need to go through that difficulty because the Lord has a greater blessing that he wants to put in your life. And so God took us through this season. And I think I've shared this perhaps before, but I had to... I had to die to my selfish ambition. That's one of the key things that had to take place in me. My family, I love my family. They're, they're wonderful. 
Uh, they know the Lord, but, but they're high achieving. You know, my, my older brother is the best at academics, the best at athletics. You know, and my parents loved, you know, were proud of us, encouraged us to excel. Nothing wrong with excelling until, until you excel in your flesh. You, you understand? You with me? You can excel, and it's Brian trying to make it happen. Flesh does not produce kingdom. It does not, my friend. It will not. It never will. And I had to die to that so that Christ could use me more fully. God gives to us his word so we come to know him and his will for us. He gives to us his word to transform us so we more fully reflect Jesus to the world around us. And he gives his church his word, by the way, because there's a work he wants to do in and through his people for his own glory, as we just sang about a moment ago. Now, given the difficulty which Mary knows lies ahead, her response here, to me, is stunning. It's remarkable. She says, I am simply a servant of the Lord. Do you hear that? She's identifying who she is in the presence of her Lord. Now, I know we're children, I know we're other things, but, but she's, she's humbling herself, her heart. She's bowing her will to the word of God, is what she's doing in the passage. I'm simply a servant of the Lord. She knew, she knew what the Lord was saying to her was true, was from the angel Gabriel. But by the way, I think the Lord is very wise. I mean, he knows all things, of course he is. Okay. Sends the angel Gabriel, so Mary doesn't say, hmm, did I just think that? Did I just dream that? Or was that really from the Lord? Okay. He sent the angel Gabriel. There is no mistaking in Mary's mind that this is something that the Lord God is saying to her, doing with her. And so she says, may it be to me according to your word. May it be to me. I'm submitted with my whole heart to your word, Lord God. I'm submitted to anything. Word means will, your plan, anything you want to do in my life, no matter what it means to me. I am submitted to that word, Lord God. That's what she's saying. Now, that's a powerful response. And I want to suggest to you this morning that this remarkable response is Christmas. That's what Christmas is, my dear friends. It's, it's the complete surrender to the miracle of God who has, who has come into humanity to, to, to meet us, to reach us, to care for us, the, 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 the poor, the lost, the, the hopeless, to meet us where we are. That's what Christmas is about. Again, going back to the example I gave you a few moments ago, when, when Ann and I were, were struggling, is the right word, to submit, we knew it was the will of God. That wasn't the issue. The issue was, we're going from, you know, Trinity, the Lord God was very, very gracious to us. And in this season, it was very good. Things were very good. It's not that, I mean, you understand this. You always have Christians who, who love Jesus, but we get in our flesh once in a while. And as a pastor, you have to deal with that, Stacy, sometimes, right? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Now, but by and large, it, it, was, it was wonderful. The ministry was growing. The campus at Trinity was being built. The staff team was great. The church was in unity. We were being well taken care of, well loved by the people of God in the church. And then the Lord pulls the rug out. Now, I said it in a negative way. I'm not doubting the love of God when I say that. That's, that's not it. I'm, I'm telling you how we felt. Lord God, this is great. We're doing great. Gone. <laughs> okay. All right. So in our, in our hearts, we're, we're wrestling from going off from a, to, from a fabulous situation to a more difficult situation. I don't know what you know 
some of you know a lot of this, maybe more than I do, but when we got to North Grove, there were 32 precious saints there, precious saints. But all of them but one couple were older than me. There were no kids. And there was all kinds of... of um, I told Anne when I first walked in, I felt like there was sort of blood on the walls. I mean, there was like, oh my goodness, there's this, you know, pain. There's just pain everywhere. And so that's what, that's what we walked into. And so, you know, we went from, this is really good, really, praise God, look at what he, you know, all these good things, and down to this place of struggle. And again, the people were great. We loved them. We loved being there. But goodness, it was tough. And I will tell you right now that I did not say, may it be to me according to your word, Lord. <laughs> All right. I wrestled, I struggled, and yes, we ultimately got our will to a place where we submitted to what we knew was the mind of the Lord, and we were greatly blessed after making that extremely difficult decision. Now, I don't know what you're facing today, but I know in a room this size, there are many, many places of struggle, that there simply are. Some of you are perhaps wounded. Christmas is actually not a great time for you because there's woundedness in your family or friend or, or another, another situation, or maybe even from the church, I don't know. But, but that pain rises to the surface sometimes at Christmas. And we have to get to a place in our <clears throat> understanding of God, <clears throat> understanding of who He is, where we say, Lord, you're sovereign. That means you were able to stop this, but you at least allowed it into my life. I know you love me, there's no doubt. I know you love me, but you at least allowed this into my life. So, Lord God, how are you going to work? And ultimately, my dear friends, we need to get our heart to a place, we ask the Holy Spirit to do this, where we say what Mary said, even in the place of pain. May it be to me according to your word, Lord. Amen? You with me? May it be to me, no matter what, may it be to me according to your word. I trust you, is what we're saying with that declaration. Now, some people make... <clears throat> Kind of a big deal out of the word rhema that's used here. May it be to me according to your rhema, Lord. Logos, rhema. It's, it's a message from God. It's powerful. It's important. God speaks a message to Mary about what he's about to do, that she's to become the mother of the Son of God, the Messiah. And the result of God's work is hardship for her, but also great blessing. Isn't that the way God often works? Hardship, but great blessing. When Anne and I are in Africa, traveling, I don't know, we have a romanticized view of traveling, at least like we do it. I mean, for me, flying on a plane for 40, 40 hours, which took us 41 hours, I think, to get back, this is not fun, okay? You're in a cramped seat 10 hours at a time, and people are coughing around you, and you know, oh, goodness, okay. And then when you're in Africa, it's not easy. They're really, the, the lifestyle is actually fairly difficult. But the blessing of God is fantastic, it's marvelous to see God transform hearts and lives through his word. So, so we get to share in both of those things because of the call of God on our lives. Amen? I mean, that's often how God works. Amen. That's often how God works. So, for those of you who know and love Jesus, the Lord God has something for you this Christmas. I believe that. I believe he has a way, a word, a way he wants to speak to you, a, a, a word he wants to give to you that may be something you hear clearly from the scriptures, it may be from, there's multiple ways God can speak to you. But it's to bring blessing into your life for his own glory and for his own purposes, as we sang about, Dean, good job. You know, we just sang a few minutes ago about glory to God. That, that was a focus of one of our songs. 
The question is, is your heart like the heart of Mary? Because we have to receive. You know, when God wants to speak something to you, we've got to receive it. That's what Mary's doing. May it be to me, Lord, according to your word, your plan, your way, no matter what it means for me personally. That's the prayer and the idea of Christmas. Now, I understand. We, you know, we live in a culture, too. You got presents, you know, and you got decorations, and you got Christmas parties you got to go to, and you got, you know, you got to, you know, dress up in a different way, and you already have your busy schedule, right? And then you add all these things to it, right? That's, that's the way Christmas works in our culture. But because of that, we lose focus so easily. I'm talking about me, okay? I lose focus so easily, and I miss what, what, what the Lord is saying to us in His Word, Lord, may it be to me according to your word. I, I lose that focus so easily. Think about the joy of Mary here. She watched her son grow. <laughs> Mary, did you know? It's a great song. It, it, there's different pictures that are there. But it was much fuller than even that song can begin to, to dictate. Every day, you, you, you've been mothers and fathers, many of you. Every day you get to see your children learn something new. We had our grandchildren over yesterday, and we're watching them do different stuff and learn different stuff. And... Mary got to do that with the Son of God. <laughs> she, she got to watch him learn and grow and quickly surpass her understanding of, of who God the Father even is. And then think about the sword which pierced her soul in watching her son to be crucified. I, I don't know how to understand that kind of pain. But then think about the joy of the resurrection for her. I mean, the joy of the resurrection for all the disciples was fantastic. But for Mary, it was a double joy, right? Her Savior and her Son rises from the dead. And so she got to experience this incredible joy because of her humble obedience to the Word of God. She experienced the goodness of God, I believe, in a remarkable way. Amen? Now, let me, let me just close with, with one thought. How do we, we're looking at Mary... But how do we follow Mary's example here? That's where I want to end, okay? Just a couple thoughts. First of all, it, it, it means we have to set aside time. Now some of you are saying groaning already. <laughs> we have to set aside time to reflect on the Word of God becoming flesh, okay? The Logos of God became flesh in a person named Jesus, our Messiah. But it's also true that the Word of God, as we read it, study it, pray it, think about it, becomes flesh inside of us, okay? That's what transforms us, my dear friends, into the image of Christ. And the only way that works is if we set aside time. Now, I've already said, I understand the, the, the struggles of the culture around Christmas. Yeah, I do. I really do. But my conviction is, is that God has given each of us 24 hours, and He's given you enough time to do what He wants you to do. What that means, though, is you have to manage. We could talk about stewardship with money. We have to do it with time, too. You manage your time. In essence, you set your priorities very clear, and you follow those priorities. And you trust that God is able to multiply your time. Some of you think, I don't have enough time. Well, that's not the issue. Biblically, that's not the issue. The issue is, do you trust God, if you set his priorities clearly in place, to make your time work? He can make the sun stand still, right? Amen? So, so that isn't it. So it's, it's, it's our trust, you see that the Lord is able to do this. So it starts with time. It starts with setting aside time to seek God in His Word. Now, some of you do this already. Praise God. Believe Him. 
this Christmas. Believe that he has something for you. You're studying whatever he's given you to study. You're reading, praying, thinking about this. Believe that he has something more for you because he does. He really does. And if you don't have that discipline, it's okay. The Lord loves you. Don't, don't, don't beat yourself up. That's not the point here. Believe the gospel, though, again, for yourself. Say, Lord, I trust you with my time. Now, I don't know how to make it work in my life, let alone your life. So you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to choose to set this as a first priority because I want to know you this Christmas. You see, the tendency in the American church, I don't know about you, I don't even know about Myrtle Grove per se, but the tendency in the American church is we want the blessing of God without the sacrifice, without the cost. There was a cost for Mary to experience the joy she experienced. There will be a cost also for you to experience the great joy of the Lord this Christmas. Now, I'm not, my friends, just to be clear, I'm not talking about your salvation here. If you know Jesus Christ, you've asked Christ to come into your life and you received him by faith, you belong to Jesus. We're not talking about that right now. What we're talking about is how we live this life as followers of Jesus Christ. It's by the grace of God, yes, amen. If it's not for the grace of God, I have no hope. But, but we, we walk it in lining our lives up with, with his priorities, with what he's called us to do. So God's inviting you, I believe right now, he's inviting you this Christmas, the rest of this season, to know him more fully in his word, to experience his joy more fully, to discern his heart more clearly. I believe that's his heart. I spent several years uh, on staff in a parachurch ministry called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. It's, it's an excellent ministry to university students. Now, we were in North Carolina area, and a, 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 another staff person that I knew was in Virginia. I didn't know him well, but we got together a couple times a year for staff retreats and this sort of thing to encourage and bless those who are doing ministry, and his name was Dave. And Dave looked mature, seemed solid, you know, I didn't know him super well, but I could see there was good fruit in the ministry. And then he, he left staff and went to another calling that God had on his life. Well, it was many years later when God put us back together again. And it didn't take me 10 seconds. I, I met Dave again, and I could see a difference in him. I mean, these things are a little hard to describe, okay? But it was like, it was like the, the peace of Christ sort of came off of him. I, I don't know how to say it. You just felt it. When, when you're near him, you, you, you sensed, wow, I want that guy to pray for me. <laughs> That's what you sensed. And as he prayed over me one time, I knew that it was the heart of God. And so I asked Dave, I said, Dave, tell me, wait, what's, what's God doing in your life? Because I knew God was doing something. And he said it this way. He said, I've been marinating in the word of God. You know how you marinate meat and you let it soak. And so when you pick the meat up, it's kind of dripping off. Okay, that's a, that's, that's a good word. It, 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 Dave had been transformed from a follower. Of, he knew Jesus, okay, from a follower of Jesus, but, but transformed to a deep, devoted disciple who had experienced the love and the joy of Christ through the word of God in a much fuller way. And there was great power in his ministry because he had marinated in the word of God. <laughs> and so, my friends, every time you see a Christmas present this season, Try to train yourself to think about the gift given to us, Jesus, the Logos, the, the Word of God. But believe again the good news for yourself. Choose to get up every day and to be in the Scriptures to meet with Jesus, to say, Lord, show yourself to me. 
And then ask the Lord. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord, Lord, get my heart to a place where I can say alongside Mary, may it be to me, may it be to me, according to your word. But whatever that is, may it be to me. That is Christmas, my friends. Would you pray with me? And Father, I would ask, you're, you're such a good and a gracious God in every way. And you know every one of my friends who are here today, you know their hearts, you know their lives, you know how you want to work in them in a greater way than they're experiencing now. I believe that, my friends. I believe that with all my heart. And so, Lord, we would just offer ourselves back to you again. Have your way. We sang in a song this morning. Have your way in my heart, in my life this day. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would meet each of my friends that are here today, right where they are. And Holy Spirit, I, I ask you to, to, to show yourself to them in a fuller way, Lord God, to open their hearts and minds more deeply to the Word of God, to, to put in their hearts, cause them, Lord, to, to hunger, to, to seek after you with, with their whole hearts, Lord God, believing, trusting that you're going to do a work that only you can do that will bring you much glory. And so, Father, I would offer these prayers back to you. I know you hear them because we ask them with our faith. In Jesus' name, amen? Hallelujah. Merry Christmas.